Welcome to Emily Rose Meditations. I'm your host, Emily, and today we'll be engaging Julian of Norwich to help us contend with time. This is the 53rd chapter of Julian of Norwich's long text entitled Revelations of Divine Love. Take a deep breath, and wherever you are, let your shoulders relax, let your attention settle, and I invite you to open your heart to these words. And I saw that God wants us to recognize that he does not take the fall of any human being that shall be saved more harshly than he took the fall of Adam, who we know was eternally loved and securely protected in the time of his need, and is now blissfully compensated with the great surpassing joys. For our Lord God is so good, so noble, so generous, that he can never blame anyone who will be blessed and praised in the end. And what I have just said was part of the answer to my entreaty, and my great concern was somewhat eased by the kind, gracious showing of our good Lord, a showing in which I saw and understood very clearly that in every soul that will be saved, there is a godly will which never agreed to sin, nor ever shall, This will is so good that it can never intend evil, but always and constantly it intends good and does good in the sight of God. Therefore, our Lord wants us to know this as a matter of faith and belief, and most especially to know that we all have this blessed will kept safe and whole in our Lord Jesus Christ. By God's justice, those beings are so bound and united to him that there would always remain a higher nature in them, which never could nor should be separated from God. And this is through his own goodwill in his eternal foreseeing purpose. And in spite of this just binding and this everlasting union, the redemption and the buying back of humankind is necessary and useful in all things, as it is done with the same intention and for the same purpose that Holy Church teaches us in our faith. I saw that God never began to love humankind, for just as humankind shall be in eternal bliss, completing the joy of God in his own works, so has that same humankind been in God's foresight known and loved according to God's righteous purpose since before time began. And by the eternal consent and agreement of the Holy Trinity, Christ would be the ground and head of these fair beings, he from whom we all come, in whom we are all enclosed, into whom we shall all return finding in him our full heaven of everlasting joy through the foreseeing purpose of the whole blessed Trinity since before time began. Before he made us, he loved us. And when we were made, we loved him. And this is a love made of the essential goodness natural to the Holy Ghost, mighty by reason of the might of the Father and wise in accordance with the wisdom of the Son. Thus, man's soul is made of God and bound to God by the same ties. And thus, I understood 
that man's soul is made of nothing. That is to say, it is made, but of nothing that is made. And in this way, when God was going to make man's body, he took the slime of the earth, which is a substance mixed and gathered from all bodily things, and from this he made man's body. But for the making of the man's soul, he did not wish to take anything at all. He simply made it. And so, created nature is justly united to the creator, who is essential, uncreated nature, that is, God. And that is why there neither can nor shall be anything at all between God and man's soul. And in this eternal love, man's soul is kept whole, as the contents of the revelations mean and show And in this eternal love, we are guided and protected by God and shall never be lost. For he wants us to know that our soul is a living creature, which through his goodness and grace will last in heaven forever, loving him, thanking him, praising him. And just as we shall be eternally, so we were treasured and hidden in God, known and loved since before time began. Therefore, he wants us to know that the noblest thing he ever made is humankind, and its supreme essence and highest virtue is the blessed soul of Christ. And furthermore, he wants us to know that his precious soul was beautifully bound to him in the making, with a knot which is so subtle and so strong that it is joined into God, and in this joining it is made eternally holy. Furthermore, he wants us to know that all the souls which will be eternally saved in heaven are bound and united in this union and made holy in this holiness. What strange, mysterious beings we are, living in time, woven into time by our physical bodies, and still with a restless bit of ourselves that doesn't fit in categories of chronology. It's no wonder we find ourselves to be restless and longing for something that we just can't quite grasp or express. If part of us is part of God, There's a profound sense in which we straddle being in time and being beyond time. I wonder what it might mean for us to lean into that sense that time is somehow foreign to us. How might our lives and interactions look or feel different if they were not subject to the constraints of time? How could we choose to live and make decisions with a more eternal set of convictions? Thank you for joining me today. The peace of Christ be with you.